you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast mostly believes in aliens. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. <laughs> Colleen Wolf. Yeah, there, there's more. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and woman? Hey, Dan. Hello. Building it up. You, uh, I don't know. Have you done two shows in a row? I think so. Yeah, it's been done. I think. Thanks for remembering. Yeah. Dan might have been gone for it, I think. But, no one when yeah. you were gone for a few ah, weeks. Yeah, I think there. you're right. So, these, you know, this counts. This it really counts. counts. The other ones counted too, but yes. Okay. No, they're all good. They're all beautiful little flowers. <laughs> all the shows. This is the Thursday, and I apologize to Mr. Flame, who, you know, he sends us one of the best whiskeys in the world. And what happens? The old Zeuser uh, forgets to uh, let everyone know that the Around the NFL podcast is sponsored by Mr. Flames' economics class in The Hague, Va Netherlands. Mr. F. I think it would actually be funny, even though it would be a problematic situation for us, uh, if he sued us for uh, Mr. Flames sued us for forgetting to mention <laughs> on the podcast on Tuesday. He's way too nice of a guy. I know, but that's what would make it even better. Right. It'd be a rare case. Dan Dan always thinks about the show first. He would actually be happy that he that we get sued. He's like, that'd be a good storyline. It would be a pretty good storyline. As long as we didn't get fired because of it, and you know, if we didn't have to pay for lawyering up on it, it would be great. Yeah, you're getting a little too comfortable, I think, with the sponsorship. In what sense? You know, just taking <laughs> gifts and forgetting to say thank you. Mm. Well, you know, the beautiful thing about Mr. F is the he's the utter antithesis of like a gigantic corpo sponsor. He is. He's <laughs> he perfect. He is hands on. And, you know, he's just an ubermensch. It's almost like we we should share him with the world. Like somebody else. If we find somebody that deserves a sponsor the way we deserve the sponsor, 
Maybe one day we'll pass off Mr. Flame with his. Mm. How would you feel about sharing Mr. F? I would never share him. It would be more like I'd let him go mm. and let him mm. journey off to someone else that, that needs a, a pick-me-up because that's what he's given our show. Just let him spread his wings? Yeah. By the way, this, this is the uh, – um, it's been a long time since the, Patri- <laughs> the Falcons were in the Super Bowl. Just in a cartoon vision of Dan pushing Mr. F out of a nest. <laughs> <laughs> January 31st, 1999, the last time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl. Uh, Colleen, you were a three-year-old girl back then. Probably. Something something like that. In but that neighborhood. Here's some fun facts from uh, what was going on in the world the last time the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I love this. You know, this isn't the most original talking point, but I love this. Great. Thing. I love nostalgia. Matt Ryan was a 13-year-old boy. How about that? Mm. After the Super Bowl, Family Guy premiered on Fox. Whoa. A long time ago. Yeah. Hit me, baby, one more time. Britney! The number one. Were you a big Britney girl when you were younger? Yeah, I was like in college. Concerts? No. No concerts. Mm -mm. Gas cost 98 cents a gallon. I remember that. I I grew up on the border of New York and New Jersey, and the the trick in the coal town, uh, (laughs) because gas prices were more expensive in New York, you hopped over the border – uh, to Bergen County, New Jersey, and you got the gas in Monfail at a substantially cheaper rate. And they pump the gas for you in New mm. Jersey, so you don't have to get out of the car if it's raining or anything. Right, but that was always a little weird. That's a law. You can't pump your yeah. own gas in Jersey. What's going on on the west side of Cincinnati? Was? In 1999? Yeah. I think I had just decided that I was going to be an outsider, and it was like <laughs> – it was the be- That's a decision? It was the beginning of not caring one, one damn about pop culture. That's about when it started for me. Wow. That I was just going to be on the outside of society. So on January 31st, 1999, Chris Wessling decided he was going to be an outsider. It was Ooh. around when that girl was trying to engage herself to me. So I, I had to necessarily get outside of society. Okay. Well, now you work for an $11 billion corporation. Well, I, I have to reconcile a few things, Dan. <laughs> that was also the year of Summer Girls, LFO. That was. Wow. That was. Uh, she's All That, number one movie in America. Mm. It's a great one. Saw that. How about uh, you know Atlanta, Atlanta's own, maybe their greatest export, Outcast, touring at that moment off of their third and, and best album, Aquimini. All right. Yep. Uh, Love Outcast. There you go. Uh, you know what was the uh, and off she's all that. What was the big hit? It was Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Oh God. You know if if we had any rights to play music on the show. Um, I would love to play it right now. So instead, and it's not really a situation of settling, I'm going to throw it to La Cid, who's just a young Goyle uh, at that time, but she knows the song because who doesn't? Give me a little sixpence, Cid. Kiss me out of the bearded barley nightly <laughs> beside the green, green grass. Swing, swing. Very good. Very That's good. awesome. Good, Sid. Whoa. Mankind was the WWE champion. Mm. Who was who was that, Wes? He was a wrestler. Didn't he write a book? Yeah, he is. Cactus Jack. Uh, Donald Trump was a C-list celebrity. Uh, Bill Belichick was the Still defensive a C-list celebrity. <laughs> Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator of the Jets. And uh, Greg, this one's for you. Very literary mind. Southern Cross by Patricia Cornwell topped the New York Times <laughs> bestsellers list for nonfiction or fiction. Excuse me. <laughs> Southern Cross, also the title of Crosby, Stills, and Nash's greatest song. Um, I'm sure it is. I didn't know that. <laughs> From 25 wow. years before that. Well, 30 years before that, probably. 
uh, Wes, our resident historian. Um, so there you go. All right, today's show, we're going to uh, do some news. We're going to get Connor Orr on the phone. How exciting is that? Because Connor uh, is at the Pro Bowl in Orlando. Uh, he actually witnessed this the skills showdown on Wednesday. He's going to tell us all about his adventures um, in the land of Mickey Mouse. Greg Rosenthal wrote a banger ranking the NFL coaching hires. Uh, we need something less, you know, what's lower than a banger? You know, it's Sub-banger? Res- respectable, Sub-banger. but, you know. It's like a, I'll work on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Way to pump up your piece, though. For real. <laughs> so a sub banger, we'll use the term for now, <laughs> ranking NFL coaching hires. And then uh, we're going to try again to get Mark and Gonzo on the phone uh, to get their update on their road trip. What is that branded, by the way? Is it? Road to Houston. Hashtag road to Houston. Hashtag mm-hmm. road to Houston. So that's the show. Uh, let's start some news, Sid. I see the world. that that was that was my favorite new thing which is Kurt Cousins singing in an acapella group in high school yes oh (laughs) Oh my god if you haven't seen the video it's amazing he has all sorts of crazy outfits he is something else yeah is that if you watch that if you're a Redskins fan does that make you want to invest more in the quarterback or is it a sign to run for the hills uh, I think more. I think I tweeted it out, and lots of people were excited about it and right. excited about their quarterback. He does it with confidence. Mm-hmm. That's the key. By the way, and Kirk Cousins, if you had to make a ranking of which which guy, what quarterback Sydney would be most into is like a potential mate. <laughs> number Cousins one. is number one. That's your boy. Uh, what about Jimmy G? Can oh, I, yeah. Can I call Jimmy G? I think he runs Kirk a little too fast two? for you. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's too edgy, maybe. Okay. You need, a, you need a, a nice boy in an a cappella group. Listen, Kirk and I can sing show tunes for the rest of our lives. I'm fine with that. You'll go to Disney together. It'll be great. <laughs> All right, let's start the news. And, and we kind of we, we blew it. We forgot to talk about Ryan Grigson on Tuesday. So let's talk about it now because after weeks of speculation and radio silence and Indy, the Colts made the decision to part ways with their general manager, firing Ryan Grigson uh, following a second straight dark January for the Colts. Ursay confirmed, the, confirmed this to or told reporters this over the weekend. Uh, Ursay also confirmed Chuck Pagano will be back as the Colts coach in 2017, which is always creates a, a slightly uncomfortable situation when you mix and match regimes like this. Uh, the move comes just one m- month after Ursay told Rapshi that the franchise was not planning to make, quote, wholesale offseason changes. Uh, Greg, I guess you could still say he told the truth because maybe you could paint it as wholesale would mean you're getting rid of both your coach and GM, but that's still a huge part of the organization. What took so long and what's going on in Indy? I mean, who knows? This is a strange story, a strange situation. Grigson and Pagano had reportedly gone and you know seen a psychologist, I believe, yeah, together. Yeah, the Colts hired a psychologist. Hired a psychologist to try to overcome their issues. And wow. I, I wonder, I want to know what the story is behind the story because I don't think it happens two or three weeks into the offseason unless something's going on. Uh, if someone went to the front office, you know, went to Ursay and made a – uh, say it's either me or him. Or I, I don't know. Why, why would it be happening now? Because it's not like he had a plan. He, he didn't have a plan at all. That would worry me. He's just interviewing GMs. At first it was a couple guys. Now it's expanded. It's like he, he didn't have a plan. He just did it. And that's probably why Pagano is still there because I can't imagine that he's prepared to go and 
have a search for both positions. It just seems like this sort of came out of nowhere, and now he's going to be stuck with hiring a GM, and maybe he doesn't like the guys that are left out there as head coaching candidates. Wes, how about this? He can't give him any credit, really, for drafting Andrew Luck. That was a no-brainer of the century, even, even though RG3 was in that draft. Whatever. Luck was the number one guy. Is Grigson the worst GM in the league? Because he take that out. What has he done with that team other than hold back uh, Andrew Luck from being in the middle of the playoffs every January? The rest of that 2012 draft was phenomenal as well. Okay. I don't think you can take that away from him. That was one of the best drafts of the past half decade. Who came out of that one? T.Y. Hilton, Kobe Fleener, Dwayne Allen, Vic Ballard, whose career was ruined by a knee injury, uh, I believe there was one other guy, too. All right, but Hilton and Luck, those are two A-plus guys right there. So he nailed that draft, and then 2013 starts the beginning of the end. The Trent Richardson whiff, which is as bad of a trade whiff as we've seen, and he drafts Bjorn Werner in the first round, which is as bad of a first-round draft bust as we've seen, really. He he didn't even make it through his, his rookie contract before they released him, which Woof. you don't see with first-round picks. And he had chances to overcome those errors, but he didn't. He had cap room. Two years in a row with, like, top three or four in the league cap room, and he went out and signed guys like Goster Cherilis and Laurent Landry and Eric Walden mm. and all these guys who were not impact players, even though he had tons of cap room to bring in guys. Arthur Jones, who, you know, was injured the whole time. So I, I think he had so many opportunities to keep surrounding Andrew Luck with talent, but every move seemed to backfire. And then that provided a schism with the coaching staff because Grigson kept saying, I'm giving you guys talent and you can't develop it. Well, I think Pagano really hurt this organization by being so good in the room and convincing Jim Ursay a year ago for him to keep his job. Because I think Ursay was on the right track there of starting over and somehow Pagano convinced Ursay to give not only Pagano, but Grigson a, a three-year contract. Grigson's going to get paid through 2019 or something what a life. like that. And and I think it set back this organization because wh- whoever they hire here, it might be an internal guy, Jimmy Ray. I feel like they're just wasting another year with Chuck Pagano. And so there's going to be another story like this in a year or two where they're starting over. Which is ultimately wasting another year with Andrew Luck, too. I mean, you have to fix that offensive line. That hasn't been fixed in how long? What are you laughing at? Oh, are next you, to me, Wes is just giggling. He's paying for Griggs the next couple. Of, what does that mean? He can't buy Buddy Holly's guitar now or something? I mean, Jim mercy has got plenty of money. He's always spending it on all these weird auction items. I don't care if he's paying Griggs in for a, a couple <laughs> I, more years. I get you're right. Obviously, it's a bottomless uh, pit of money, but it's still the principle of it that you you gave him an extension last year, and now you're going to pay him to basically not be in your building for three years. It's just not a good look. Neither is the fact that so many ex-players went out of their way to celebrate oh. Grigson's fire. Danced on his grave. Yeah, Pat McAfee, you don't, you don't see the punter, went after him too. I've never seen as many players as vocal as they were minutes after the it's news came out. So awkward. How much do you think Grigson's hairstyle plays into people not liking him? A lot. Kind of looks like a, a mid-tier wrestling heel. That's that's the way I look. Huge he's, guy, huge he's guy. Like, what six, seven, three hundred? I I well, yeah. I once interviewed him at the combine. I mean, at the Super Bowl, actually, right after he <laughs> got hired year. in 2012. <laughs> well, uh, it was it was uh, it was alarming. It was a little scary. <laughs> he was an enormous person. I uh, would say though that it's impressive the list of guys who are coming out for this job now. Everybody wants to work with Andrew Luck. Makes sense. Well, it's interesting. Some some guys around the league that rejected. 
the 49ers yeah. interviews are interviewing with the Colts. There you go. Tells you a lot. Uh, moving on, uh, one position that won't be opening up, much to the chagrin of many Packers fans, the defensive coordinator post, uh, Dom Caper, T- Teflon Dom, as he's known around these parts, is not going anywhere. Mike McCarthy had this to say, this is no time for drama. Dom Capers is an outstanding football coach. That doesn't change. He had a tough challenge in front of him this year. And once again, that coaching staff dealt with a lot, blah, blah, blah. Uh, talking about injuries as being a major hurdle. Capers back, not back, uh, Colleen Wolf also known as Connie Fox, Tom Clements, whose contract expires. He is the associate head coach offense. Uh, His deal expired. They're not bringing him back. He spent 11 seasons uh, with the team, starting as QB coach before being elevated to OC in 2012 and then associate head coach. And, you know, one thing that is interesting about Clements, McCarthy made a big deal uh, before the 2015 season saying, I am going to now start elevating some of my coaches to more high-profile roles to help them get head coaching looks. So he made him the play caller 2015, yanked that from him later that season, and now he's out of a job entirely. Yeah, he goes from play caller to totally out in a little over a year. But look, the injuries did not help at all. When you look at what they were dealing with in the secondary and just their cornerbacks alone, when Sam Shields went down with the concussion in the season opener, they were playing with three second-year corners. You have Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, and Ladarius Gunter. Now, Gunter, I thought that Bucky Brooks always calls him Waldo. Like, the guys on the team that you can sort of circle, and those guys can be exploited. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of the games this year, he was absolutely Waldo. And that did not help. Also, they had – the pass rush was so inconsistent this entire season that it really exposed that secondary who was already hurting. I think when you look at the Packers roster, and I've been asked this a lot, what do they change next year to get better? You – you got to get production out of Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews, who are two of your highest-paid players on the team and, and are subpar regulars right now. That's a big problem that two guys, after Aaron Rodgers getting paid the most, are, are not assets anymore. Moving on, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals saw enough um, from Randy Bullock uh, to bring back the kicker, signed a deal that takes him through 2018. Wes, a little surprising. Uh, some people call him Fat Randy. I call him Big Boned Randy. Uh, Husky Randy. Husky Randy. Rotund Randy. (laughs) (laughs) See, now it's edging back into mean territory again. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going for a little bit. Us Husky guys, we don't like, you know, that kind of stuff. Or it's like, like, hey, big guy. Well, you know, why don't you just call me a fatty? All right. The the waiters are like, hey, big guy. Excuse me. I can't wait to call you big guy. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Son of a bitch. Uh, Big Bone Randy went five for six on field goals and six for six on extra points in three games with Cincy. But that one miss was a doozy, a 43-yarder on Christmas Eve night that gave the Texans the division. One of the worst misses of the year. He stutter-stepped. I think he almost crapped himself and then missed the kick. Uh, Big Bone Randy, West, still in our lives. This is like the January version of a camp leg. Right. Teflon Teflon Randy. (laughs) They're going to draft somebody or pick someone else up. I don't think – I don't think old Rotund Randy's going to be handed a job. <laughs> Rotund Randy. That's a better one. Uh, moving on. It, hey, guys, it happened. January 25th, 2017. Oh, man, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Sell it. See, we need more of that around this place, guys. Take after our colleague. <laughs> Taking notes over here. Put uh, it in a binder. We achieved liftoff on the Blake Bortles Redemption Tour. Uh, here's comments from GM Dave Caldwell. Uh, this week at the Super Bowl on Blake Bortles. I've said it 
said this time and time again. I think we could win a lot of games with Blake. I think we could win a Super Bowl with Blake. I think he needs to improve, and I think we need to improve around him too in order for that to happen. Greg, mm. Caldwell better be right here. He survived the axe. Gus Bradley got sent packing late last season. But now you got Tom Coughlin in the building who easily, I would think, can make Caldwell redundant if Jacksonville doesn't improve on 3-13. and And the way he's talking, they're going to try to go it again with Blake Bortles. Do you agree? Well, I think that's the reason he kept his job is that Caldwell and Marone somehow convinced owner Shad Khan to run it back with Bortles, that we can fix it, that let's not really change. I mean, if you look at what the Jaguars did, they really didn't. They changed as little as possible. They promoted Marone. They kept Caldwell. They're keeping Bortles as their coach, and they kept the exact same uh, defensive coordinator, which kind of went under the radar. Todd Wash is his name, is still the defensive coordinator. like Todd Wash out. Yeah, (laughs) he was under Gus Brown. Nailed it. They're running it back, and it supports my theory that they got to win. This is a very short uh, lifeline here for Marone. They got to win right away, or Coughlin's going to get Caldwell out of there, get Bortles out of there, and get Marone out of there and start the whole thing over with his own guys. And this is Bortles is a prime candidate. And I wrote about this on the end around. Please check it out. NFL.com slash end around. Uh, one of the most popular tropes of the NFL offseason. Struggling quarterback X primed for back, bounce back season. And now listen to all the factors, all the other sub tropes that connect to Bortles. Let's play a little Blake bingo here. Ooh. Bortles bingo. We have a choice there. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Player X showed flashes in season's final weeks. Nice trip. Aye. Oh, yeah. That mm. Check. Player X has semi-recent track record of success. Check. Player X is still, you know, pretty young. Bing. Check. Player, player X will benefit from coaching change. Bing. Not buying that one. <laughs> but it will be. All right. There check. is a coaching change. It'll be posited. And finally, my personal favorite. Player X spent offseason undergoing complete mechanics <laughs> rebuild with quarterback, quarterback guru Y. Ooh. Well, he's already done that, too. It's just bring it back. To- bringing it back. He- Wait until you see the shape he's in. Right. Well, that, that and that's a thing with Bortles. We'll hear how he's taking his craft more seriously. Oh, that's. But we one. never get the article before the year where they weren't taking it seriously. Like you never get the oh, Blake Bortles not really ready for training camp. He's kind of a. You, you always know. hear the whisper the other direction at about eh, week twelve. Right. right. I think you know the Super Bowl. And then compare that to Blake Bortles. It tells you everything you need to know that Tom Brady, while he was suspended, worked with Tom House, the biometrics guru, mechanical guru, for many times during that suspension. Matt Ryan flew Tom House and Adam Dado, the other guy working for Tom House, into Atlanta throughout the season, during the season to work on his Mm. mechanics. And Blake Bortles pretty much ignored his mechanics during the offseason. Yikes. One of the worst wind-ups you'll see. it is a windup. That throwing motion is so bad. They got trying to pick somebody off second they base. They got to get someone in there. I mean, I was as high as Bortles as anyone after 2015. But you were as high as Bortles. I, I <laughs> kind of not that high. Uh, <laughs> even in his best season, he led the league in interceptions and sacks. It's not like even even in the season that I that he did all the great things. He was a he was a flawed you know kind of middle tier quarterback. He absolutely has all the physical tools you could want, but. Mentally, he's not there yet, and it's an all-consuming job. Um, finally, a uh, little Boston talk, Greg. Your home region, New England. 
Uh, you heard Massachusetts. You heard the news over the weekend that a East Boston man had broken into, or not broken into, had uh, got himself into the team hotel where the Steelers were staying at near uh, the airport uh, up there in Boston, Logan, and yanked a fire alarm, allegedly, on the second floor, you know, waking up some players, and, you know, he was uh, trying to upset the Steelers on the eve of the AFC Championship game. Uh, Harrison reportedly told the police, this according to the Boston Globe, upon his apprehension, he just kind of stumbling away from the grounds, I'm drunk, I'm stupid, I'm a Pats fan. Uh, now, which that doesn't speak for all Patriots. I'm, this is, I'm not bringing this up, Greg, as a way to like I, rip I, the Patriots. I admire his item. honesty. I mean, at least he was just saying it. Harrison was in court. He's 25 years old. Uh, he was in court this week where he pleaded not guilty to charges of disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, and setting off a false fire alarm. Let me tell you, first of all. Who hasn't done any of those before? A, you know, uh, I could save this for the law podcast. I'm just going to say something. I am not accredited. I have not been to law school. Do not plead not guilty mm. on this, Dennis Harrison. Not a good look. You have the cops have you on record saying I'm drunk. I'm stupid. I'm a Pats fan. <laughs> you were you were arrested on the grounds of the hotel where you weren't staying. It was 4 a.m. Plea out, bro. That's an alternative fact, Dan. Plea out. <laughs> Plea out. And uh, one last note with this Hooters. Colleen, have you been to a Hooters establishment? I, I have. One of my friends look worked at, at one. They make a good chicken wing. Look at you. Hooters, uh, the Saugus, Massachusetts location, put up a sign in front of their restaurant, free wings if your name is Dennis Harrison, which is funny and a nice little promotion to tie in with current events and sports fans. But here's the kicker, and this is very, this is very mass hall. Dennis Harrison showed up and collected on that, had a meal there on Monday, according <laughs> to a manager that works at the facility. They ought to put this guy away for months. Why? <laughs> Throw the book at him. You don't, first of all, you don't mess with people's sleep. Well, how about emergency service workers who are racing to right. a face, fake alarm? Right. It's, yeah. Second of all, what's your purpose in doing this? Well, he's drunk and stupid. Right. You, it's somehow going to upset the Steelers and they're not going to play well? Give me a break. Be better, Dennis Harrison. I, I think uh, – <laughs> I mean, This I, you choose to take seriously. Yes, I don't I like it at all. I couldn't talk you into Antonio Brown the other day. Got you on this one. It's a second-rate – prank it's yeah, not but, even good but well if if the if the idea is it's like stealing somebody's mascot in 2017 has been it's been done 78 times every year it's it's for, not yeah! it's not creative but for we some, got your cockatoo for someone that's not no state. Re- related to the two teams he absolutely annoyed the crap out of the entire organization and disrupted their sleep as oh, he said that's true. and you know sleep science I mean, pe- people say that that stuff's important maybe it's you know it helps them one or two percent there He's helping his team out. You're celebrating this criminal? No, he's an idiot, but but I'm not saying that it had no impact. Who was he raised by? This criminal. He was raised by wolves. Hey, he a decent hey, 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 member hey, hey, of society. So I. <laughs> well oh, sorry. Uh. That's what's happening in the news. All right. <clears throat> Pro Bowl's coming up on Sunday from Orlando. We have had an Around the NFL employee uh, uh, writer on the site. And um, it is time to welcome on the phone. And because Connor, we love Connor, and and uh, and we're happy to hear from him. And unfortunately, we're not going to see him at the Super Bowl this year, which we're all bummed out about. Uh, but because he's coming on the phone, uh, worked with with uh, Sydney uh, to welcome him on the show in a special way. A man's man got a mortgage. Drinks the brown stuff and rakes up his foolage. An ex-beat man turned my not state valet. 
<laughs> Got Super Bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. He got Super Bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. So good. All right. Are you kidding me? It's like Fats Domino. I love it. Again, with the weight, Colleen. You know, enough. Wait, what? Oh, what? Connor, are you there? Hello, everyone. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. That was, That song was really good. I enjoyed that. You said, well, you sound a little somber right now. What's going on, pal? Take us through it. Oh, I got, uh, I got massively sunburned on day one. So uh, I went down to uh, there's like a pro shop attached to my hotel. It's the largest Marriott in the continental United States. You are plugged um, in on the Marriotts too. Word, yeah, yeah. For sure. I've um, had conversations with Connor. He can break down in detail each of the tiers to the Marriotts. And uh, and knows them on a regional basis as well. So this one is the largest in the country. Does that make it a, a good Marriott or just a big Marriott? Oh, I would say every Marriott's a good Marriott. It's like it's like a little slice of home, even when you're away. <laughs> wow, that needs to be our sponsor. <laughs> you're gunning for that uh, the side promotion, <laughs> advertorial work. Um, so, why don't, where where do we start? How how is Orlando, and what is the what is the vibe? Uh, with around the players, I know you you've had good access with uh, working uh, on behalf of the Shield. What do you what's the sense down there uh, as the Pro Bowl continues to explore ways to keep it relevant? Now sending it out of Hawaii and into Florida. I got to say that bringing back the skills competition was actually probably the best idea that they've had um, to try to regenerate interest. I was able to go to like um, I went to a walkthrough where they brought some of the players in early before yesterday's taping. Wednesday's taping, and, uh, you know, people were into it, especially the quarterbacks, and they were doing kind of the accuracy challenge and stuff. So I thought that was definitely uh, definitely something. But the other interesting thing about Orlando is there's no restaurants here, which I thought was interesting. How a lot is that of strip possible? malls, right? Excuse me? A lot of strip malls, right? A lot of concrete. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like uh, – I, I was like driving around like one stretch of land for like – three hours and there's just no no restaurant so, that's my memory of orlando know. as well can you can you reveal who won the skills challenges little breaking news that we announced well on the we podcast. could this is this is how we can before you answer connor uh because it is embargoed uh, until thursday night but we oh. could hold the show a couple extra hours and that will allow us to talk all the results of the skills showdown mm. is it worth it i don't think that's worth it <laughs> See, I, uh, I would say yes, but there's an armed guard, uh, right, that follows me around until after the uh, until after the taping airs. So I'm not sure I want to. All right, well, I want to upset him without you know? without. I, I can talk. I can talk. Pro Bowl, you know, skills challenge. Just I, I, I can't reveal. All right, who won. without revealing the winners, ta- what were some of the more interesting th- happenings at the skills challenge? Who should we look for that might have made a fool of themselves or really uh, thrived? Take us through it. I will say uh, uh, during the dodgeball, uh, I saw one of the greatest individual athletic performances <laughs> by any human that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, oh, my goodness. And it was sort of like it, like it made me as a person who was picked on in dodgeball feel mm. like really connected. And, uh, you know, it was it was an emotional moment for me. I know Jason Garrett really got into it. We were standing near each other, saw him kind of rooting on this person even though uh it you know it wasn't his player and you know so i thought i think that's something mm. 
Ooh, what division was that uh, player in? Mm, this is fun. Um, one of well, one of the two big ones. In one of the two <laughs> big divisions. Okay. Man, they really have you clamped down on, huh? <laughs> it's also just fun not to, you know, yeah, just to mess around with you. And have you had any? Because Kevin Patcher, once upon a time, uh, covered a Pro Bowl. We had him on this very podcast, and he ended up talking books, I believe, with Alex Mack, then the center for the Browns. Uh, have you had any nice one-on-one conversations that have been enlightening on some level? Uh, I I talked to Joe Thomas today, and I will say that like our show only stuff, talks to Browns, Browns. offensive linemen. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exclusive. Uh, I liked how he knew exactly what like he had worked out in his own mind a percent a probability percentage uh, that. Uh, them drafting a quarterback number one overall would w- actually work out, which I thought was pretty interesting and like speaks to the the new brain trust in Cleveland because they've they've definitely got him uh, numerically focused even more so than he was already, and uh, he he says it's about twenty five percent. So I think he's encouraging him to go in a different direction. <laughs> wow. Um, how about this? How about this? Again, you don't want to give away any uh, faces, but I remember talking. Pro Bowl, we had some interesting stories about players last year. Can you give us a blind item about a player Ooh. that perhaps, you know, maybe got a little carried away at the bar or you saw something, saw them do something disturbing, not revealing the player, but maybe sharing their behavior? Oof. Um, Putting you on the spot here. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's also um, early in the week. Think of, it's very early in the week. I will say that I've, I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of crimes of fashion. Uh, <laughs> I've seen players uh, – a lot of cowboy boots in warm weather, um, you know, and that that was kind of uh, bothersome to me. A couple guys getting a little out of shape, you know, which is funny coming from me. And uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, oh yeah, I won't of, I won't say who it is, you know. But you shared a a Hall of Famer this on our on 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 our yeah instant messenger Woof. client uh, had now he had devolved from kind of athlete uh, heavy set to heavy set heavy set. Yeah, a I Hall mean, of Famer. You know, okay, not- I almost wanted to go over and be like, I know like exactly what's happening to you, <laughs> and you know it's going to be okay. You know, not Antoine Walker, who was featured on NFL Network rather large. This Twan? week. yeah, for some reason. Antoine, not, not surprising. Um, all right, and and Connor, you have any other takeaways from uh, from? I know it is early. Um, are does is there a sense that the players are excited? I, there was one interesting uh, quote. Uh, that uh, who was it who said it uh, oh it was Mike Evans had just found out when he was in Orlando that the the winner share is 64k and the loser shares is 32,000 and that made him decide he's going to play hard uh, any of that sentiment going on does it seem like people care about well the game? it's good that that's getting out now because like I remember I was on the sidelines for the Pro Bowl in 2014 when the game Humble was in brag. Houston and uh <laughs> One of the players found out like in the fourth quarter and they were down by a touchdown and he begged his coach to put him back in. He's like, I I was an undrafted free agent. I'm still on my first contract. He's like, I need this money. It's not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not just messing around. And a lot of these guys, you know, they go ham at the bar. They got all their friends down here. You know, the difference between 32 and 64 is, is breaking even for the weekend. So, you know, this Mm. is, uh, this is, uh, this is big. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to some trickeration, you know. There was a little uh, wow. Michael Bennett uh, it, playing baby. tailback today. So, you know, I mean, there's 
it's a world of mystery down here. It's not just mouses and roller coasters. It's, it's everything. Well, not restaurants, but everything else. No uh, restaurant. There's no. There's there's no no restaurants here. It's it's unbelievable. Are you going to get into a little trouble at any point this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I, I like to tell people that uh, I've got I've got Pro Bowl fever. So um, you know, wherever that takes me, I mean, it's there's there's miles of open road here. So yeah, well. You deserve it, big guy. Thanks, Colleen. <laughs> I, you know what? Colleen is fat shaming right now because I told her twenty minutes ago that I didn't, I didn't enjoy when lo- when uh, waiters and other type of people refer to me as big guy. So she's actually shaming you. One of the pretties well, are going after you. You know, this is. Uh... It's not. It's not the first time, and we're going to be better because of it. Damn, we're going to be stronger. Yeah, you're right, Connor. All right, Connor Orr, uh, Minot State's uh, favorite son, adopted son, and I will get you that box of goodies uh, when you get back to your haunted mansion in New Jersey, bud. Okay, I'll see you when I see you, people. All right, Bye, Connor. Goes. See you, Connor. Bye. A man's man got a mortgage. Drinks the brown stuff and rakes up his foliage. Reach to the top of my register there. And turn my not state ballet. Sit on backing box. It's awesome. Got super bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. He got super bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. Well, this is awesome. Are you kidding me? Um, Connor's. I ran that by him yesterday. I said, "Hey, I was thinking of you know, maybe working up a song for you." He said, "My only request is that you work in that they're not sending me to the Super Bowl." Like, <laughs> Nicely oh, done. <laughs> Nicely done. We will miss Connor. Connor should be at the Super Bowl. He is a Pro Bowl selection, though, so that's good. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, all right. So there you go. That's Connor or uh, Greg. Let's talk. Your sub banger you wrote. You're not particularly proud of it. I'm not. I'm not unproud, but if every if everything's a banger, you know, it sort of okay. cheapens. You're right. What's a banger? Hey, when you're right, you're right. So you wrote a, a you know a piece of <laughs> on the site, <laughs> and uh, it's co- the headline: Ranking NFL Coaching Hires Anthony Lynn at number one. That's the exact headline. Uh, by the way, check out Connor's stuff at NFL.com/slash or. O-R-R. A lot of good Pro Bowl content. Yeah, he's writing a to ton of good stuff. On, Making uh, news. And follow him on, on Twitter where he's posting fun videos and things of that nature. But back to Greg. Uh, Greg, you have Anthony Lynn of the Los Angeles Chargers, the number one coaching hire. Now, can you break this down? Well, Is this from perspective uh, uh, for Anthony Lynn, what kind of job he's taking, or the team's uh, decision-making, bringing the person in on. Well, I think the content, the information in here is good. The ranking <laughs> itself oh, is kind of is a little is a little silly. If I was power ranking the most meaningless rankings that we make throughout the year, you know, this might be number one on the power rankings because I'm just, you know, they haven't even it's very meta. They haven't. I want to hear the analysis yet. on that. Now, Anthony Lynn ends up being number one here. Because I'm picking who I think is going to have some success, who has surrounded himself, first of all, with a good staff. He's got Gus Bradley as his defensive coordinator. He's got Mike McCoy as his uh, off. I mean, uh, sorry, Ken Wisenhunt as his offensive coordinator. Nice. He's got Philip Rivers. He's got a nice roster. And listening to Anthony Lynn, you know what? What can you go off of? 
you list, I listened to his press conference. I've listened to him in a couple interviews in terms of with Matt Money. I like I like the cut of his jib. I, li- I like the messages that he was sending. I like that he was saying, I'm not worried about the running game anymore. I'm the coach of the whole team, and he was talking about it, and he's been preparing for this day since he started coaching. I liked your point in there that the two coordinators there are former head coaches too. So it shows that he's not – Right. He, he has a lot of self-confidence in that. Right. That he wants to hire head coaches shows to me that you have some self-confidence. Wes is laughing over here. Well, I mean, with the caveat that it's sort of a ridiculous exercise anyway and no one, none of us can really know anything ahead of time. He picked two of the biggest punching bags and tomato cans from this podcast over the last three years as guys that you have faith in, and Ken Wisenhunt and Gus Bradley. Big well, but cans. I think they can. I think Ken Wisenhunt's a good coordinator. I liked. I like having continuity for Sandy. You don't think the, he did a good job with the Chargers the last two years? I. I think. I like the continuity that you don't have to create a whole new offense. You have Philip Rivers in a familiar system, and Gus Bradley. I'm not worried about him as a as a coordinator. I think he did a good job in Seattle. He wasn't ready to run a team. I look at it more like this. I think Kyle Shanahan's brilliant. He has a brilliant football mind. I would take him over all three of those guys combined. I had him fourth because I think that situation is so toxic that he's not going to. Who's he going to hire as his defensive coordinator? He has. I, I he has agree no with. Idea. I agree that's with. That's that's a disaster. Uh, there's there's you know there's whispers about Kyle Shanahan. The editors you know kind of wanted to t- this. You've had part, a lot of whispers lately. This part wanted to be taken out, but. Doesn't Kyle Shanahan kind of fit the mold of the guy who does not necessarily rub everyone the right, you know, rub some people the wrong way? Uh, I think he just the, rubbed 53 people into the Super Bowl. That That's fair. What are we talking about now? Kyle Shanahan. No, I remember reading all of those narratives about, time. oh, like how's Julio, I can't wait to see how Julio and Matt Ryan deal with Kyle Shanahan. You right. Too. I think we found out. I mean, yeah. he, he walked out essentially on the Browns. And made, I would and walk that was out smart. on the Browns too. It was smart. It was a career move. He thought that was going to hurt his career, and it did. But at different spots, he's had certain controversies behind the scene. Now he has to run an entire organization, and it's just a tough situation in San right. Francisco. Number two on the list, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you uh, – Take exception to it. Okay. Just a little strong. It's not like I'm hurt or anything by it, but that'd be weird. You got Sean McVay, 30 years old, uh, took the job of the Los Angeles Rams, youngest coach in the league. You have him number two on this list, which, and this is based on their likelihood for success in their respective relative success, but yeah. Okay. Well, you should have put relative yeah. in the top. Yeah. Well, success. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm reading your writing. Yeah. He's judged on a different scale than, you know, Vance Joseph, for instance. Based on their likelihood for relative success in their respective tenures, uh, he seems to me to be behind the eight ball because he might be stuck with a Ryan Leaf level bust. Well, part of this was everything is uncertain with all these new coaches. Five of them are first time head coaches. The other one's Deg Marone. What's certain is that Wade Phillips is one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. That's fair. And that's that's enough for me that that's something I know. And, you know, this guy, we'll see if he's as impressive. as You know, he, 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 he makes a good press conference. I don't know if that makes for a good coach. He certainly was a good interviewer. He learned from Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and John Gruden, three of the best offensive minds of the, of the 21st century. So he's got that going for him, and he seems like an exceptionally bright guy. His players love him, and the guys he's worked with love him. Those are all positive marks. Wait, I, Phil. I'd so be careful a, with the Ryan Leaf thing. Come on. Well, I'm, <laughs> I mean, Ryan Leaf wait, didn't wait, make now, it. Wait, wait. Now we're going to say we shouldn't be throwing dirt on You have been led, leading the charge to bury Jared Goff. My, I buried Jared Goff because he wasn't ready to play. Okay. That's what I've said consistently all along. 
but Ryan Leaf didn't make it because he was Ryan Leaf because he didn't want to play football. I mean, <clears throat> football was not a priority for him. I I more from, from what we hear, he's Jared a number Goff two is, overall pick. He was uh, I, that I level of saying. a first rounder. I don't mean Ryan Leaf. He kind of stands in his own. I shouldn't have used that example because people know him more as not just a bad player, but a, a total nightmare as a mm. guy in the locker room. He was the Cade ultimate McNown. bad thing. Cade McNown's good. Jamarcus Russell, but he's one. also – he yeah. comes with baggage too. Keely Smith, yeah. We, we haven't heard anything – how about Blaine Gabbert? Is he, okay. There's some warning signs that he could be that type of bust, but it's early. Yeah, it's early. All right, let's get back on track here. Number three, Greg, you have Vance Joseph. I like this stuff. I put him all the way up at number one. How about that? Well, he certainly takes over the the easiest job, and and his coordinators I think are a plus overall. Mike McCoy, who's been there in Denver before, Joe Woods, we don't know anything about him. Hey, Joey Woods, but uh, he had a strong enough reputation. People wanted to hire maybe elsewhere, and he's been in that system coaching up the best secondary in the NFL. They know him, so I. I kind of trust John Elway implicitly that, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. But he's never really run a, you know, he's never run an offense so or, I mean, really, or a defense. I mean, he's never run a team or a defense. So he's just getting the year. job because of all of these recommendations? Well, he had a reputation as kind of the right-hand man, even though he was a position coach for Gary Kubiak, for Marvin Lewis, for Adam Gase when he was a coordinator. All of those guys – you know, reportedly gave him really strong recommendations that, look, this was kind of my guy that I went to that that was an important asset to me. And he must interview well. Elway liked him a couple of years ago when he interviewed. I think the trickiest thing for him is that and there's no we're not going to pass judgment on Paxton Lynch either yet because it's so early, but he's a first round pick. And they're going to probably want to see him at some point. Trevor Simeon did a nice job last year, but he didn't do a nice enough job where you table any discussion about anybody else, a quarterback. He enters kind of a difficult situation with uh, a young, two young quarterbacks and trying to figure out who's the guy. I, I think you're seeing, and I think Mike McCoy is ultimately going to have a, a huge part in that, and we'll see how, how he handles it. I think you're seeing more teams look to these guys as kind of the CEO type rather looking for some sort of offensive genius or defensive genius. I mean, Vance Joseph ran one defense and it wasn't very good. And they hired him because they thought he was going to be a leader. And that was kind of what Gary Kubiak got hired for too. Uh, number four, we spoke about him. Kyle Shannon, Shanahan, who's not technically the coach of the 49ers yet, but everything points to him becoming the Niners coach once the Falcon season is over. Is this a situation, Greg, where you like Shanahan and his potential, uh, but the job is just so bad that he's in a tough spot? Right, and we'll see how he handles running an organization. I think giving a guy that's never been a head coach like that all the power that he's going to have, he's expected to hire the GM. That's why his dad got fired. Mike Shanahan, the GM, got Mike Shanahan, the coach, fired. And if Kyle Shanahan has as much power, let's say, as a Bill Belichick type, he's hiring the GM. That's a lot. It's a lot to ask taking over what I would say the is the worst. That's fair. The worst roster, maybe the worst organization in the NFL. Oof. Uh, number five, Marone. You got Doug Marone of the Jags. Uh, you know he had the strange departure from Buffalo two years ago. Kind of went underground, became the O-line coach, worked his way back up, and surprised people by holding on to the job after uh, having the interim le- uh, label ripped off. Mike Malarkey, we had some fun at his expense going into last right. year, and that worked out. Maybe Doug Marone is another case. Well, my, I think I did this exercise last year, and Malarkey, I'm sure, was at or near the bottom. So yeah. I'm an idiot. No, well, <laughs> a lot of us thought the same thing. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying he ha- he has a chance. I mean, we kind of – 
I kind of pointed out how they haven't really changed much. I don't know. You don't know what you're getting in Doug Marone. Like, what was he in Buffalo? How would you like to be known as the new malarkey? Ooh. <laughs> well, here's a question about the Jags just in general. I've, they went 3-13 and 13 last year with Gus Bradley there most of the way. Uh, with a better coach. I'm not going to say Belichick, but who's like a tier below Bell? Let's say Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the head coach of the Jags last year. Is that a, a winning team? I, I would – I would trust in Andy Reid to do something. Is that a 9-10 win team instead of a 3 It Does a coach make that would, much of a difference? Last year? Yeah. For the Jags? Yeah. It all depends. I mean, no. Nobody, nobody was there. fixing Blake Bortles. If he came to camp with his mechanics that bad, it doesn't – you could have had Bill Belichick and you're not going to win. But that Andy Reid comes with probably a better plan at, on defense than – keeping this guy you know, better that, staff probably better yeah that's his. interesting because what Jalen Ramsey said how they needed a total change <laughs> right that that's a little bit of an eye-opener I mean it's you know it's just one <laughs> player but literally after the season they they asked you know Jalen Ramsey and he says we need to completely change our coaching staff <laughs> and completely change our scheme how would you like to be Todd Wash shown back up into the room being like hey uh, thanks for hey, wash thanks out. for campaigning <laughs> to fire me Jalen's like wash out see yourself out of here it's my defensive room now uh and people give Doug Marone a little too much credit for going nine and seven in Buffalo that was that was Doug Marone's getting too much credit from someone wow that was Jim Schwartz's defense they were they were Bruce they, Arians had nice things to say about him this week push me push I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. You know what I'm saying? Hey, can I? <laughs> well, we know he can relate to young players, so that's good. Speaking totally. of uh, because I mean, now we heard it. Can I also hear, because I, I always love to hear uh, Doug's take on hip-hop culture mm-hmm. and what it's all about. What are the roots of it? The source. Yeah, let's Doug's hear the source. source again. See, rap is a New York City thing. It ain't, it ain't nothing about race or culture. It's New York City. Good old Doug. So he left Buffalo, and now you know what? These Bills fans—they deserve—they deserve a medal that they wear around, a medal of honor for sticking with his team. Because Greg has Sean McDermott as the worst head coaching hire in in his sub banger, and why is he sit his? Why is he at the bottom of the six pack, Greg? Well, someone has to be last you know bills fans have been you know, the bills are sick of hearing that somebody's got to be last they've been blowing up my they've been blowing up my mentions and I you know what? Up your mentions too keep doing it hey someone's got to be last they can eat it here's why sean mcdermott and his staff have proven i would say less than any other staff and the situation is difficult and the expectations, I think, are too high from ownership. They think this is some sort of playoff, you know, championship contending roster. Sean McDermott is, has made his name under Ron Rivera, a defensive coach. He's had two top 10 defenses in eight years as, as a defensive coordinator. So it's not like the Panthers have been lighting it up as a defense. Rick Dennison is well-respected. He's always been under Gary Kubiak, basically Kubiak being the guy that runs the office. We don't, you know, we don't know much about this guy. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to quiet you, the, the mob. If you were still running Roto World, you would have written this article with bullet points instead of numbers. It would not have called it ranking the new coaches. Hmm. You would have just provided analysis. I think that puts you in a bit of a pickle. Your thoughts on that, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, it's all the same information in there anyway. I mean, the information any- is, is good. I'm just like, how do we know if – Doug, if Sean McDermott's number six or number well, one. Well, that's or... fair. We don't need to argue who's – I think he's got a very well, tough job, though. Greg, Would after... you disagree? Doesn't he have among the toughest jobs of any of these guys? Yes. 
Greg, now that we've analyzed your article, do you have any regrets? No, no regrets. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Check it out. Greg wrote a sub-banger uh, uh, on the <laughs> rankings of the coach hires. Check all his stuff out at NFL.com <laughs> slash Rosenthal. Make sure you print that out and read it. Because I I sit in, I sit right in between Greg and uh, Ali Bonpori, mm. who's in charge of the features. Greg, I mean – Making a blazing a trail back and forth, wearing out the carpet, Ugh. planning all different features for Super Bowl week. So make sure you uh, bookmark that author page. A lot of Super Bowl content. I mean, we got Mark's Road to Houston long form. Wes has a banger about how Tom Brady stuck it to Hansis this year by reversing <laughs> the aging process. That's a lot of good Super the, Bowl content coming up. That's going to be the vanity URL. I'm just going to rerun my <laughs> August column every year, by the way. Brady. Till he dies. NFL.com slash Brady sticks at the hands. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Please do that. Good luck next Sunday. All right. Before we go, it's time to try again. Get him on the phone. Uh, no song for them because we don't know if we're going to talk to them because who knows where they are in America right yeah, now. Yeah, could be anywhere. Hopefully the reception is better. Uh, Mark Sessler, uh, John Gonzalez, are you on the line? Well, we are, and we're in a very Hello. elegant hotel room with absolutely pristine Wi-Fi. Excellent. Excellent. Whoa. Yes, it sounds uh, nary a crackle behind you. Uh, where are you right now? What's going on with your journey as you, as you drive from Southern California to Houston, Texas? Uh, hashtag Road to Houston. Hi, guys. Hello, John. <laughs> John's there, too. Yeah. I wanted to say how exciting this is because after years of writing countless stories uh, about the NFL and also years of being married to Colleen, I finally made the pod as Mark's valet. This is great. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> had to keep him out of accidents. And, Gonzo, I, I believe you're aware that uh, your wife, and you can tell by her laugh, uh, is with us right now. So this gives her a chance to catch up with you and perhaps, uh, you know, Castize you. I don't know. Go after you a little bit. She has some issues right now uh, related to the house. I know uh, that. Uh-oh. I do? <laughs> I do. I do, John. I, I believe that. There's a lot of things to uh, to maintain at, at Shea Gonzalez. But we're having a grand time right now, now that we're on the road. For I mean, for the listeners and also for you guys, this is not... Today we spent the day in the desert looking for an alien crash site, which is like... Not probably the weirdest thing I've ever done with Mark Sessler. One time he dragged me to a house in Venice that was, apparently was a murder house where many grisly homicides had happened. So <laughs> it's just that. on the list. He loves that. Just another, just another thing. We, t- we had a fascinating day because we woke up. You asked where we were. We're in Lubbock, Texas at the moment. Started the day in Santa Fe, which is a, I'd never been there. It's a beautiful town in New Mexico, as you know. Took about a three-hour drive south to Roswell, and had to circle up and down the highway to find this little tiny dirt road where if you continue up that road for an hour, which we chose not to do, you would be at where apparently this, this alien craft you know, spiraled to Earth. Right. I believe in 1947 in that, in that realm. Is there any reason to go there now? Well, that's what we were looking into. And there is a stone pillar there with, you know, someone had carved out an inscription about what happened. The much better site that we found was the museum, which is another 15 minutes up the road. And I didn't know if, if Gonzo was going to be a fan or not, but he was having more of a good time than I was. He was, You were bopping around. You enjoyed yourself. I, I prior to this trip, uh, was sort of alien agnostic. Uh, and now I'm all in. Uh, so I'm coming back with all kinds of alien gear for the house. Excellent. Great. Uh, that wonderful. was actually going to be one of my questions, uh, whether Gonzo would be made a believer. 
Um, I have a question for you, Mark, and this is yep. uh, an honest question. Sure. Uh, why are you doing this? It's a good question. I, I <laughs> came up with the idea about a month or so ago and just thought it would be fun to get in the car and see what's in between Los Angeles and the Super Bowl versus just, for me this time, just flying there. And I really went in thinking that I was going to go alone and have to drive and, and, and you know record whatever happened at night on a laptop in a lonely room. I, the best decision and what made this, I think, quite fun so far is going with someone else. And, and maybe next time it could be all of us. You know, there were budgetary concerns and there were okay. other concerns from uh, our employer. But John, he's a free agent, literally, and he was able to go. And he's been an absolutely perfect traveling partner. All right, let's let's stop there. I'm going to bring in Chris Wessling now. How about the idea that Chris is a little hurt that he's not on this Kerouac-esque journey uh, to Houston? Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. I I mean, I as I mentioned <laughs> oh, to Chris... This Dan, Dan truly, immediately covered his face, Mark. I want you to know, a, a, embarrassed after he asked this ridiculous question. But go on, I sorry. It is, I, I hope Chris is not hurt. I think Chris knows that we would love well, number one. Chris to should have speak him for himself, Chris. <laughs> speak for yourself, Chris. I can explain the reason after this. I am not hurt at all. I am happy for Mark because I know that this is something he wanted to do, and he's the perfect person to do it. Am I a, a little bit jealous? Do I wish I was with him? Sure, sure. I wish this is exactly the kind of thing I would love to do. Where does that leave you with uh, Gonzo? I love Gonzo. He's okay. great, and he's, I I can I, I will say this: this is one hundred percent genuine. I cannot wait to read the finished product. Yeah, that's a Mark. So we, when you write this up and we're, we heard it's going to land early next week, it's going, how, is it going to be about football? What's, what's, what is this going to be about? Do you know what it is about yet? Well, I decided not to actually write anything. I'm just going <laughs> to enjoy myself. We're having a great time. I don't know if that part of it's relevant, but they're just no, on the I, run right now. We're just on the run. I'm not even sure we may pass through Houston and keep going right through that wall to Mexico. But um, I, 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 I would say that what, what was the question again? What? What? Why am I writing it? What am yeah, I writing? No, just in general, like what are in your your plan when you sit down to write about your adventure? Is it about football? Is it about just the journey to Houston? What do you have a general idea about the direction that, that of the piece that we're we're all excited to read? Well, I hope it will masterfully, you know, inter, interweave <laughs> both because we've talked to a lot Russia. of uh, people along the way about football. Like for instance, when we were at the Alien Museum. We got an interview with the executive director of the museum, an old fellow and a really nice guy, but we all talked a little football. So, excuse me? <laughs> you got him? You were able to book the executive director oh, yeah, of the Alien Museum? Listen, it was a big get. Was, you know, there were about 10 people at the museum, and so he was busy. But I got in, there and I got in that office, and I got the quote. We He's like, I'll give him. you three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that sounds cool. No, we it's a- <laughs> upwards of, of uh, what three or four Denny's waitress waiters. <laughs> it's really been amazing. Well, we are now. Here's the thing. I think it's going to pick up steam from the football angle because we're going to be in Fort Worth in Dallas over the next right. few days. Tonight we're in Lubbock, which is a big college town. The guy at our hotel said you got to get out tonight. The huge night for the college kids, which are roughly about twenty years younger than us. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But we'll we'll continue to talk to people. People have opinions. Uh, I, I think one thing I'm talking to fans is they just they don't they're not trying to save face or you know build bridges with anyone when they have a football opinion they don't uh, cut any corners. That's cool. And and you brought up uh, Gonzo um, Denny's. Now, Mark, we're always fascinated by Mark's eating habits. <laughs> and Colleen had told us on Tuesday 
that when she first started dating Gonzo, she noted uh, internally that that Gonzo kind of ate like a serial killer. Have you guys <laughs> noticed each other's kind of idiosyncrasies when it comes to uh, eating stuff? So we've been kind of uh, feeding off each other's rhythms on that front today. Uh, for example, we got up early, had a cup of coffee, uh, and then went looking for alien crash sites and haven't eaten yet. So we're going to do that next. But uh, we're, This is being we're, taped we're at 3 in the things. afternoon. You haven't eaten well, yet. It's, it's actually it's central time. It's 526. Wow. And I, I also think it's not just the eating rhythms. We are starting to, as you would, adopt each other's phrase, you know, phrases and and. And the way that anything would be described, you know, Gonzo is starting a revolution with his, oh, no. I think Colleen knows about this, his GC terminology. Oh, no. For oh, no. Call or great call, depending on. So we just, you know, we're starting to. John, it's not going to be a thing. GC not is not stick. happening. Sorry, Colleen, it's a thing. So if, if somebody makes a point that you're plugged in on, John, and you agree with, you just go GC. Uh, you could be, that's a good one, or you say, hey, have you guys listened to the Around the NFL podcast this weekend? Oh, nice, GC. It's uh, very, it's very. I kind of like it. No, you don't. I like no, it. it's not a thing. It's good. I'm it's in. versatile. I'm yeah. standing my ground on this one. Are you in or out? <laughs> I'm out. There's, You're out. GC will not stand. Yeah. You know, right. back, um, ra- randomly, Gonzo, we have a lot of, like, connective tissue because I just found out that you have a blue pen phobia, as do I. I threw one out before the show. And back in college, I tried to start something uh, my senior year that I tried to catch on with my friends in the dorms, which was uh, LBS, which meant let's be serious. Oh, I, I like that you, no. you see now. This is going to be great. We'll have we'll, – we'll buy a – Not to be confused with – I was going to say, not to be confused with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. But <laughs> or essentially pound. Different I think letter. I think LBS would struggle, but it works verbally. Can I tell Listen, you? I'm on board with it. We, okay. can, do, we can do this. There'll be a free exchange of acronyms. Can I, I tell you why see... GC won't work? Why? It's the same number of syllables as good call. Exactly. Why this is one of my points. Why call? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> see, all, the cool, all the cool kids are abbreviating these days. Oh, okay. Behind it. John also likes to throw his Gs up. For mm-hmm. Gonzalez? Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, in that case. Yeah. I, I like in, some uh, of these things. We're in Lubbock. <laughs> they throw their guns up for the, yeah, be the uh, Red Raiders. So we'll do the Gs instead of the guns. One of my favorite things about this trip is FaceTiming with the both of them to say goodnight as they share a hotel room. <laughs> and last night, um, they I guess Mark had broken into the mini bar. And they well, I both mean, I had a key. I don't know. If <laughs> they... into Shock. They this shared move. some delicious white Mark has wine. has a master key to every mini bar <laughs> in America. <laughs> Watch some HBO and then fell asleep. Got the skeleton key for mini bars. <laughs> the whole thing. Well, we are whole thing's into, cute. Uh, we are very into the young Pope, and we were trying to watch the latest episode. A disaster occurred, though. I lost my glasses, oh. uh, which means I fundamentally will not be able to see what's happening during the Super Bowl. So. Gonzo informed me that I can buy something called Readers, readers. at Walmart. Just, yeah. Oh, that's going to look good. So are yeah. you not driving then without the glasses? Cause I've heard... Oh, I think we've, we've made the right choice about who should be doing the majority, if not all of the driving, <laughs> from the minute this trip started, and it's not the person speaking. Wow. Did you drive at all, Sessler? Well, here's the thing. Honestly, this is what has been so great, because I'm writing on, you know, on my phone or on the, on the laptop while – John does the driving, and like we've had pretty short. It's not majorly long segments. It's you know a couple hours here, a couple hours there. First day was a little rough, but that's okay because the division of labor has been wonderful. Like we said, we're we're really getting into each other's rhythms. Mm. He's writing, I'm driving. Neither of us are eating, uh, and then there'll be beer. And what are you getting paid for this by Mark, John? 
Uh, <laughs> friendship. I'm getting friendship. paid for friendship. Well, he's not paying for much at all. Let's put it that way. If they paid for vacation and, you know. Vacation? Be, I'm, flying him, I'm flying him home. They're on a buddy moon right now. This is, honestly, this is what Mark has always wanted. <laughs> Is to have a friend that doesn't need to eat like him. I know. And we always really we we've been letting him down in this department on for the years. open road. What could be better? Imagine how much time With you get aliens. to make up. And like and part of the whole serial killer eating habits like isn't just the fact that he doesn't eat, but also like John will take if he's eating a stack of, if he has a couple cookies or something yeah. chocolate chip cookies, he will put them on top of each other based on size and then eat the smallest one to the largest one. He also <laughs> has certain rules for eating Reese's cups, for eating like pizza, for eating various items. This all makes sense to me. Of course, you eat the <laughs> well, smaller one. Hold first. on here. That feels extremely. <laughs> accusatory having spent a couple days with Gonzo I think his eating habits are really beyond critique (laughs) all right so there you go there's the update Uh, the next time uh, the listeners will hear from Mark he'll be with us in Houston uh, next Tuesday and you guys maybe used to nothing is promised that's the schedule that's the plan anyway so gentlemen thank you for the update good luck with the the rest of the journey and it sounds like you're having a good time. And it, just in general, it's really cute. The whole thing's very cute to me. It's adorable, but definitely come back. <laughs> I'm having a great time, and I look forward to being on the pod again the next time one of you needs a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. John Gonzalez with, of course, Mark Sessler. Follow their journeys. Mark at, at Mark Sessler, NFL. Uh, Gonzo at underscore John Gons. Uh, so you can... Uh, follow along with them, Mark, also on Instagram. I'm sure Gonzo's on Instagram as well, right? No. Uh-uh. No, okay. So, Just Twitter. And then uh, Mark's land, uh, long formal land that we're hearing early next week. So there you go. All right. That's it. That, By the way, our schedule. People are going around the schedule and, you know, going to get a lot. Of, we'll probably get a lot of tweets Sunday asking when the show's going up. No show this upcoming Sunday. It's a travel day for some of us to Houston. So um, the next time you hear from us will be Tuesday from Houston, we're going to be doing the show uh, from a radio station downtown. Uh, so we're excited about that, and uh, that we'll, we'll be able to talk about, you know, really start start to now turn our attention to the game and talk about media night, which will happen the day before. Uh, Colleen, I mean, what, what, what can we say? You, what, I mean. You came on the show. Thanks after. for having me on again. This is great, big guy. You're like, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to get you for this. I'm going to find out what annoys you. A real meaty show this was. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never be on the show again. Again. This is it. (laughs) The last one. (laughs) That's my big guy promise of the day. Uh, All right. So, yes, you'll hear from us on Tuesday. Thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you to Connie for joining us. Thank you to the First Lady, Sydney, for double Vox work both in backing vocals on the Connor Orr uh, song and uh, also your Sixpence None the Richer, which was really what yeah, That was great. Fun. Thanks. Never thought this was where my Way career would lead me, but I'm glad we're here. Yes, you and and Kirk Cousins, I don't know, is he married? Yeah, he's got kids. Oh. oh. See, this, oh. Is, this is the conundrum, is that... He also has an autobiography that came out two years ago. Okay, let's calm down with that, everybody. Jeez, you know an awful lot about Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Rosie. <laughs> just shrugs. <laughs> he just gives me a shrug. It's my job. All right. 
Whatever. The problem is that Sydney, we wanted to get, we wanted her to settle down with a rich quarterback, but those goody two shoe guys. They usually get married by the time they're like 22 to the college or high school sweetheart. Right. We got to find somebody, a flawed quarterback, West, but also uh, very pure in, in mind and spirit. Yeah. If you feel like That's you're be tough. like Kirk Cousins, you can tweet at around the NFL. Do you mind that we're matchmaking uh, for you? <laughs> or right. uh, I'll allow it. It's okay. Awfully hard to find an unmarried quarterback. Period. <laughs> West knows. <laughs> I'm just saying, look at them. They're all married. All right. Wes, you cut to the core of the conversation. Unless you want Colin Kaepernick. Uh, No, thanks. Not her speed. Not her speed. All right. We will be back Tuesday. Thank you to everyone. Until then. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Connie Fox, the mailman, the old boss, and new money. Here we go. Off to Houston. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.